Listener Production. Hi, I'm Helen McCabe, the founder of Future Women, a club to connect, learn and lead. In this series, we bring you some of the most thought-provoking speakers from our live events. In this episode, two leaders talk about how they overcome challenges. The session is moderated by Future Women editor Emily Brooks, and the post-chat we also hear from Lizzie Sharpie from an earlier episode. The speakers are Felicity Zadro, founder of Zadro Agency, and Niti Naharaja, senior counsel at Philip Morris. Here's Felicity. Um, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is this concept of not taking it personally. Um, my approach is actually to decide what to take personally and not what to take personally um, because um, business is people and people is business and I think the more we recognise that, I think the nicer and the kinder we might be to each other. So one of my huge failings is I'm the world's worst boss to resign to. There's tears, there's why are you leaving me, there's all sorts of things. And um, I take it so personally. Lucky for me, I have a really long, my staff stay a long time. Um, but taking that, that real kick in the guts for me has been really difficult. So it would just keep me awake for days and days and days. One of the things I do take personally is bad professional behaviour. And just last week I had an email from a CEO, very large organisation, association, who 18 months ago invited us into pitch and to work with him on developing a strategic direction for a program. And many of you who are in the comms industry, you know you're pitching all the time. It's very exhausting. And um, then they didn't go ahead with the project they didn't let us know, they didn't return our phone calls or emails. Fast forward 18 months, he rings me for something else and I very clearly told him where to go. Professionally, of course, but I think we need to call that type of behaviour out. And I just said to him, your disrespect for our time and our resources and our ideas is unwelcome. Do not call me again. Now, I'm in a situation where I can do that and I'm starting to talk more about that with um, my colleagues because I do feel that um, it is personal. How many of us have given up so much of our time and our family time, time with our children, time with our partners, our money, many people I know mortgage their houses? It is personal. But I think it's about determining what you're going to take personally and what you're not. One of the things that um, I hear a lot about is about self-belief. And I have a saying that says, you know, when you're in the throes of things, especially the first five years of a business, that you have to really believe in yourself. And the subline is even when you have no evidence to do so. <laughs> and that's not being head in the sand or um, being naive or ignorant to what's going on or your own capabilities. But I think you do have to have that drive and you have to have it from internally. No one else is going to give that to you. And celebrate the wins because in business, what I have found is that being my own boss, the highs have been amazingly high, higher than I would have ever had if I worked for someone else. <coughs> but the lows are so low, lower than you ever have working for anyone else. And so when you're up, celebrate it. 
and then uh, try and remember that when the lows come along. Um, a couple of other things that um, are really important to me and what I've learned um, is the power of culture. Um, my job is to think five years, tomorrow, yesterday, next week, what's happening at four o'clock today, um, all at the same time. And sometimes that gives you a headache. But I think that if someone says to me, what is your job? My number one job is culture. It's number one is leadership. If I can't do that and I can't bring that to my team, then I'm not doing my job. And um, so that has been a very important, key, crucial part of, um, of our journey, um, most certainly. And it changes, for sure. And one of the things that has been really fantastic is when other people take that mantle on. So we have a culture and wellness program at Zadro, and I don't run it. And I just think that's great. That's probably one of my greatest achievements. So the other thing I've learned is that when you're working at 150% all the time, and if like you, you act, if like me, sorry, you actually enjoy it, and especially in those founding years, that's great, but then you have a death in the family, or a loss, or um, you know, something happens, or you know, what I had two weeks ago, a flood in my office, or things like that. You move house, you get married, you do all these sorts of things. These things take so much from you. And so what I've really noticed, especially with all my clients, is that emotional stability and that courage to keep going is really, for me, been the defining factor. Um, how can I face this? How can I ask for help? Which is very difficult for, some, for me. How can I rearrange? How can I reprioritise so that I can get what I need to continue on? Throw in a child or two, things get a bit chaotic, and I think you know, is our cup too full as women? Um, I think my mum says so, and her generation thinks we're all crazy, um, certainly thinks my sister and I are crazy. Um, but I think until we also give up 50% of the child rearing and the child care and the home project management, then we're still going to really struggle um, as well. So um, just some thoughts for me. I was really impressed with Felicity's story about how the CEO of a large organisation ignored her pitch and then asked her for a favour 18 months later. By believing in herself and her colleagues, Felicity was able to call out the CEO and create a name for herself as a leader. We all know that working in a male-dominated industry can be challenging, but Nitty's experience combining motherhood with business taught her the power of typically female traits like vulnerability and owning your mistakes. Here's Nitty. Recently, I was interviewed um, by my company for a um, social media campaign that they were running for International Women's Day. And one of the questions they asked me was, um, what advice would you give your younger self? And so it made me think back through my career, through law firms that I'd worked at, secondments at banks, and now at Philip Morris, and sort of reflect on challenges that I'd gone through personally. and. I think where I ended up was really saying, look, Niti, you know, at the moment when you're starting off your career, you're probably going to think that your career is going to follow a straight linear path, but just like life doesn't work out that way, your career won't either. And, you know, you'll face challenges along the way, there'll be twists and turns, and 
the important thing to remember is that you will come out the other side and you know just try and learn from those challenges and try and use them to your advantage um, and if you do that then hopefully you will be, be a stronger and a better leader for it so reflecting I guess on some of those challenges um, one that definitely springs to mind is you know, work at a company and within an industry that is traditionally or has traditionally been extremely male dominated. Um, and so, you know, even some of the structures such as career progression are built on this very old school model of the guy with the wife and his family who travels around the world, moving jobs every two to three years, wife gives up her career or takes a step back to look after the kids for a while. So, you know, that's, that's the way the company has traditionally been built. And I remember very early on um, when I started at Philip Morris, we went to a senior managers conference and they did this exercise where they got, I think it was 60 senior managers and there were 50 roughly men and about 10 or 11 women. And they had all the men stand up first and they um, asked them to remain standing if their partner worked. And literally, there were a handful of people left standing. Um, then they asked them to remain standing if their partner worked full time. And there was one guy standing out of 50. Um, they did the same exercise with the women in the room, and every single woman remained standing. So, you know, I think slowly things are starting to change. The industry is starting to change. We're moving away from tobacco to less harmful products. So, more and more women, sorry, are coming into the business and into the industry. And I think with that, um, things like career progression are really starting to change within the company and within the industry. But you know, even despite that, it's a slow change. And you know, there are many times where I'm still the only woman in a room with a lot of guys. And you know, so over the years, you know, you try and find your voice in that meeting room. And I've gradually learned, and it's taken a while, that you don't have to have the, the loudest voice in the room, you just have to have a strong voice. So you need to have an opinion, you need to stay true to that opinion, you need to voice that opinion, and also find you know, your strengths and the things, the traits and attributes that you can bring to the table. So for me, having recently stepped up to a role where I now manage a team, I found that actually by exercising empathy and kindness, so not becoming too emotionally invested, but being human at work and really putting myself into the shoes of the people that I'm managing and of more junior employees at the company, that that could actually take you really far. And you know, it's now reaping dividends for me because people view me very differently and view me as a leader in the organization. Um, the other challenge I wanted to touch on was um, having children, which I'm sure many women in the room will have gone through and are going through. Um, and for me, you know, I, I look back on when I had my daughter five years ago, and I think I was so naive when I went on maternity leave. I really only thought about, you know, returning to work sort of, you know, three days a week, and then eventually I'd return to work full time, and sooner rather than later, but I didn't really think about it beyond that. And I realized when I came back to work that actually, you know, things had moved on, I'd been forgotten because I hadn't been there. And all of a sudden, I was having to rebuild my credibility at work and reestablish credentials. And that was really hard, um, especially when you're also dealing with fatigue and you know, the new challenges of juggling motherhood as well. Um, 
And equally, I found that people had views and assumptions about what I, as a woman who just had a child, might want. And so, you know, there was this idea that, well, because you've now had a child, you're not going to be as committed to work. So there was also this perception issue that I had to battle through when I came back from maternity leave. And I think what I've learned from that is um, I'm going on maternity leave this September again. And so I'm going to approach it very differently this time and really have a plan, a plan that might move, but at least some sort of plan to sort of go, okay, when I come back to work, where do I want to be and what do I want from the people around me? Do I want to still have those networks and you know, what do I want my relations with relationships with people to look like? And sort of start building a plan to, to hopefully achieve that and talk to my manager and other people around me about achieving that as well. Mm. And you've all been very clear about uh, owning your mistakes. I want to know over the course of your careers, how has owning them changed? What's your course of action now when you make a mistake? Meaty? Yeah, look, I think it's, it is very important to front up to your mistakes and um, admit when you've done something wrong. And I think when you're more junior, it's harder to do that. I mean, I worked at law firms prior to Philip Morris and you know they're pretty cutthroat environments and you know you make a mistake and you're like, Oh God, I don't really want to tell anyone. Um, but I think, you know, I think over the years, what I've realized is, it, it, particularly when you manage a team, it's, it's important to show vulnerability to your team as well. And I think, you know, by yourself owning up to failures, mistakes, learnings, you know, you enable the rest of your team to be able to also learn from their own mistakes and to take responsibility for, for them as well. Because if you're not doing it and demonstrating that sort of behavior to them, they're not gonna do it likewise. Respect it. Yeah. And Felicity? Oh, look, very open about it. Um, you know, making mistakes all the time. And, you know, or even if it's, I forgot a meeting with, with my staff members or, you know, another something went over or something happened, you know, I'll just very, very clearly say, oh God, that was shocking, sorry. Um, you know, my fault. And, I, and the reason why I do that also is because I want my staff to feel like they can make mistakes openly. Um, and especially when you have so many moving parts, um, uh, you know, like most of us, um, if people aren't owning, I would just want them, I just want to know what it is so we can deal with it. And there's a lot of stress, especially with young people coming through, they seem to be very stressed out about things and my thing is what I say to them is look we're not saving babies here um, you know our work is very important we take it seriously it's very important but at the end of the day if you you know hit an, e an, an email out and it's got one spelling mistake in it okay it's I'm giving a really bad advertisement for my company here by the way but <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that um, of course we don't do that but if it happens you know like, let's just move on. Nobody's going to die. And I think we've got to be zoom out a lot. I say that to a, lot, to a lot of the time. Like, we need to zoom out here because the stress and the fear is stopping you seeing the solution. And you've got to really lock that down very quickly, especially when you've got a team, when you've got things going off all the time. Uh, you've got to lock it that quickly, make a decision, move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lacey, it seems like you almost look forward to mistakes now because you know it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, 
actually preparing for this talk was very helpful because I had to, you know, look at and analyse all these different obstacles I've faced and, and kind of like realise what the lessons I'd learnt were. Um, but similar to what these ladies were saying, I, I'm quite a vulnerable person at work. I'm happy to share things in my personal life that may stop me from, you know, being completely present. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I had to um, share with my team that I was um, separating from my husband and, and that was really, really hard for me because I felt like I was kind of admitting to a failure, but it was actually kind of the turning point for the culture in my team because I was able to be so vulnerable with them and share this experience. They then felt comfortable being transparent and sharing their hardships as well. Um, so yeah, I think just like creating that environment of trust is, is super important. And remember, that was from one of our live events. And you can become part of the movement by signing up at futurewomen.com. The Future Women Leadership Series was presented by Helen McCabe, executive producer Jenny Goggin, sound production by Darcy Thompson. <laughs>